0: Hello dear listeners. This is Editing Leo Speaking. Just a quick heads up. The short mention of the issues of rape and physical harm at two different instances in this episode of the podcast. Just so you know. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Universe Podcast. I'm your host Leo, here with my co-host Charlotte. Hello. And our guest Carrie. Hi. This is our second attempt at recording the interview with Kerry. As you might have heard of this podcast, the first episode was lost. So now we're doing it again. We're sitting here in the garden of Charlotte's flat. The birds are chirping. The weather's really nice. There's a cat strolling around somewhere around here. And it's just really great. So, yeah, I hope you don't mind birds chirping. I certainly don't. And... We're going to get started. Kerry, before you start reading the text, I know you've been on a couple of times, but in case people start with episode 9 of the podcast instead of the former ones, could you please introduce yourself again?
1: Hello, my name's Kerry. I write pretty much everything that comes into my head. Um, So I don't like restricting myself to any genre. I've done a lot of poetry, written two songs, and I love writing prose.
0: That's great. Great variety so you don't get bored.
1: No. Boredom is not really something I do.
0: Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good. Do you want to get started then?
1: All right. The Evil Queen. Prologue. Our world is a tapestry woven from a thousand threads. A thousand stories intertwined to shape the way we perceive everything around us. Some of them have been told so often that every child could retell them in a heartbeat. We tell these stories to construct a cloak in which we try to wrap the world around us until we can no longer see her true face. But there are some stories that go unsung and untold like the hidden underlying threads of a tapestry. They remain invisible in the construct of reality we have created for ourselves. And yet, they are still there. It does not matter how much we try to hide them. It does not matter how many other threads we weave over them. They still remain. For truth is an illusion which we create for ourselves, and no man's truth is identical to another's. Truth is merely the illusion accepted by the majority of society. Truth is the lie most people feel comfortable with. It may be a beautiful lie, it may be a kind one, but it is a lie nonetheless. Therefore, do not trust what you hear, for every legend can be called a truth, even if at its heart, It's just an old wife's tale. A distorted story of deceiving words whispered by treacherous tongues. Even the supposedly innocent fairy tales cannot be trusted, for they portray a world that is eternally black and white. But our world is not split into black and white or good and evil. It is painted in a billion colours. And not a single speck is identical to the next. The truth these stories want to show us is a shadow. It is the version which best suited the wordsmith. If you have ever asked yourself why in fairy tales good always triumphs over evil, then ask again, does it really? After all, by the end, there is hardly anyone left who could tell the story of the people who lost. And even if there were anyone left brave enough to speak out against the oppression of the victors, to speak up and tell their version of the truth, who would listen to them? Who would want to hear the story of the losing side? I'll tell you who. No one. We want to hear the tales of mighty heroes vanquishing their terrible enemies. We do not want to hear of pure-hearted, innocent people being defeated by ruthless villains. No, the heroes remain the good ones. As that way, everyone can feel more comfortable and we can all rest easier at night. It is a lie, though. We must confront the fact that even our heroes, our noble princes, brave knights and innocent princesses have their dark secrets they never wished for us to see for there is always more than one side to a story. Everyone has their own perspective, their own version of what the truth is, and sometimes the version that is best known is nobody's truth at all, but only serves as propaganda to the winning party. Most versions, however, do not get told at all, And yet we judge those people whose stories we have never heard because of how they are portrayed in somebody else's truth. And for these people's sake, we should listen to the stories no one wants to tell. Because only after you have heard every version, only after you have listened to everyone involved, only then will you be able to judge the truth for yourself. Thus now I shall tell you a story that no one wanted to tell. A story that was swiftly swept under the rug of history, because it was not as beautiful as the one everyone else was telling. But every story wants to be told, and each and every one of them deserves to be heard. So here is a tale you might have heard before, but never in this way. Here is an old fairy tale, just as the ones we know, and yet still so different from what everybody expects. Here is the tale of the princess with a reputation white as snow, with hands red as blood and a heart as black as ebony. Here is the truth about the girl they called Snow White.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So what we just heard was the prologue to your reinterpretation of a fairy tale that's called The Evil Queen. Yes. Is that a correct characterization that I said? It's a reinterpretation? Mm.
1: Well, (laughs) reinterpretations of fairy tales are usually just, um, in our current society, are usually just retelling the same tale, just with maybe in live action this time, Mm. or... (laughs) as a comic strip, but, um, so I'm not sure if it classifies under what people expect, but I'm not trying to do what people expect, so, <laughs> um,
0: Not doing what people expect is always not too bad. Always good. So, yeah. it would be more, would you say it's an adaption? An adaption to Adapt- different values, maybe? I'm
2: just, I guess it's a different I guess side to the story. Y- yes, yeah. it's it's
1: in just... Flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. It
1: could have been either one of them who won. And maybe if the evil queen had won, we'd be telling a different story now.
0: <laughs> so it's a critique. Uh,
1: yes, in a way. <laughs> 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 because, um, well... I wasn't really always very content with the message stories and fairy tales put out into the world. Yeah. The things we teach our children when we read them, them stories about how Cinderella went to a ball against her parents' wishes and the prince just fell in love with her because she looked so pretty. That's just not how the world works. Yeah. And even... Even if it did, it's not the way the world is supposed to be working. So we need to start teaching our children different lessons.
2: I really, I really like um, that you mentioned the word truth in your story so many times. And you say, "What is truth? We don't know because everybody has a different truth." Because in my studies of philosophy, epistemology is a big, big part of of the studies, and I always love to discuss about what is the truth is. Does the truth exist? Who who says what is truth? Uh, true and like you said, fairy tales often claim to express universal truths. But I think we need more texts like yours that challenge that. I mean, the only similar, maybe similar uh, text I know is Maleficent. It's not a text; with a film. It's the only one that goes into that direction that is popularly known. I guess
1: I'm gonna make a big claim now. <laughs> I've been working on this thing for longer. They stole my idea. <laughs> I can't prove that because I didn't publish it. But yeah.
0: Honestly, I must admit that that I'm I'm not very very uh, well versed as far as fairy tales are concerned. So I'm definitely not the expert here. If I may seem uh, ignorant towards uh, the towards fairy tales, I guess that's my fault.
2: That's okay. Um, another thought I had about your text was that I think it would also work really well as a soliloquy at the beginning of a play. And I was wondering if, if you could imagine writing a play instead of a prose piece. I could certainly try.
0: <laughs> New challenges. But
1: I'm not sure I'm going to because as Some of your listeners might know. Um, I'm also in the Anglistics University Shakespeare group called SAS. Um, So my daily life involves doing Shakespeare plays. And I'm not sure my my self-esteem is quite on that level where I can go like, yeah, I'm going to be a playwright now.
2: (laughs) Well, okay, then just once you've finished writing it, Give me the rights to make a play out of that, okay? Because I I have written one play so far, but my parents work in theatre, as you probably know. So, yeah, I love plays.
0: I mean, any playwright at one point, before they were a playwright, had to say, I'm I'm going to be a playwright now. I, I write a play, thus I am a playwright. Well... Apart from possible future (laughs) re -re reinterpretations and re-adaptions and whatever you want to call it, could you maybe speak about what the original fairy tale means to you personally?
1: Well, Snow White um, was never one of my favourite fairy tales, to put it lightly. I mean, it was read to me, and when it was read to me, it was okay, because... My family members did a great job at reading fairy tales. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And also my grandfather has a selection of uh, fairy tale records um, Ooh, cool. with accompanying sort of large A4 books sort of in a comic book format but not not comic books um, with... Enormous drawings in them that are really gorgeous. And we used to l- just listen to the records and leaf through...
0: That so sounds really nice. Fooks.
1: It was wonderful.
0: So there's a certain connection to childhood memories.
1: There, are, with, with fairy tales, there always
0: is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. And you still like the core... Of the fairy tale, but you just not. Uh, you don't agree with the values anymore.
1: Yes, because I kind of grew up and realized that's not the way the world works.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I, it, it kind of really disillusioned me in a way that actually I think it's it's more hurtful if you keep telling a child that the world is perfect when it's actually not. <laughs> also, the way that the perfect world is portrayed in fairy tales is sometimes really not 21st century.
2: Mm. Yeah, and, and it's so exclusive because usually the princesses are princesses, so they come from very rich family backgrounds and no fairy tale tells the story of a poor person. Well, there's there, there's Cinderella. Yeah, but she's but not really poor.
1: She, she's not really poor, but she's sort of She she is a servant girl. The underdog. (laughs) Yeah, she is a servant girl. But the the thing that I don't like about Cinderella is... Who falls in love with someone the first time they see them? Before they've had even a proper conversation. You can't fall in love with someone at a ball. Mm -hmm. It's like, you need at least a proper conversation. Like, a longer one over... A multitude of hours, and not from. and maybe not in the evening hours from 8 to midnight <laughs> <laughs> when you're drunk.
2: And you probably don't remember everything the way it really was.
0: Well, this is probably infatuation then.
2: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but, but that this doesn't is last. This is the old story of does the concept of love at first sight exist or not? There are mm-hmm. people who say it does, and people who say it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, you can never. Again, this is a matter of we don't know the truth because there are two sides to one story.
0: Mm. I think it's mostly a problem of the way we reinterpret our memories to fit the narrative we're living right now. If yeah. you are in love with somebody you will reinterpret all your memories relating to that person in the narrative of yes I am now in love with this person and then feelings that you might have had that was maybe just infatuation or just attraction suddenly already become love because you know it's
2: Yeah, I get after the fact. I get it, but still I think what one can Get within a few seconds of meeting somebody is sympathy mm. I think you can have strong sympathy or antipathy for somebody, even if you don 't know them
1: I agree with that, but still you can 't tell a child a fairy tale saying that basically claims well, if you meet this one person at a ball and they seem rather nice to you. Go ahead and marry them. This yeah, will be a happy yeah. marriage. <laughs> of course not.
2: This will go absolutely fine. Also, I mean, the message is they will only love you if you look very pretty. If you don't look as pretty as all the other princesses, the prince won't even notice you. Exactly. I mean... And then that's not real love, of course, because if he would really love her, he would have noticed her in a, if she were the needle in the haystack. Or whatever. <laughs> and did you ever notice that the princes and all these fairy tales that we know, like in the Disney versions, never have names?
1: Actually, um, I think Aurora's prince is called Philip.
2: Apart from that one <laughs> and the one in Frozen, they have names. But I think with um, Snow White and Cinderella and all yeah, the... Yeah, it's California. just charming. i never
0: noticed that. No. Never
2: Even though they're not charming, <laughs> no. they're creepy. <laughs>
1: I mean, Snow White's Prince Charming is a necrophiliac.
0: Yes, he is. But,
1: yeah.
0: Also, he doesn't care very much for consent.
1: <laughs> that, too. I mean, they all have a consent problem. I mean, in the original Sleeping Beauty fairy tale, like, the way original that was written for adults, <laughs> as Grimm's fairy tales actually were, um, the... Prince actually doesn't only kiss her, but he rapes and impregnates Sleeping Beauty before she wakes up.
2: Yeah. Mm, nice.
1: So, so yeah, consent is a bit of a problem in
2: those tales. Mm-hmm. <sighs> is- I guess, I guess the prince just didn't care because he knew he was the prince anyway. He was going to be king, yeah. so he could do whatever he wanted. <laughs> Royalty. (laughs) I mean, this
0: is is still a message we teach boys today that they can do anything just because they're boys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And girls, we teach if you look nice, someone will fall in love with you and you'll live happily ever after as a housewife
2: with children. Yeah. What we also teach them is I, I don't know how many American rom-coms there are about somebody who's in love with somebody and this other somebody isn't in love with mm. them and then they, they say, ah, I'm just stalking them until they love yeah. me and then that actually works and then mm. it's like, what the hell if somebody would stalk me like that I would call the police, probably mm. <laughs> I'd have a different idea for that, but <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, all these Messages are just. What is your different stupid. idea now? Um. It might a involve a bit of
1: criminal activities, but.
0: Uh, oh, <laughs> a different idea about what you do to a person stalking you? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you have any bigger philosophical program, any philosophical ideas that you incorporated into the text What uh, rang a bell to me was at least some form of false consciousness that we don't really live in like we live through the, we live through the stories we tell each other and these stories don't really reflect what's actually going on.
1: Well, I just I want people to see that there's, um, always more than one side to a story, and that sometimes what you hear about somebody else does not reflect who they actually are. Um, because most people, um, if you ask diff, if you ask, it depends if you ask their friends and which friends you ask, everyone will tell you something different about that person. So, the thing you should actually ask if you want to get to know someone is ask them who they are, not wait for somebody else to tell you mm. um and I think stories work exactly the same way it's you you need to see it from everyone's perspective, even though per- like before you judge a person um like a character in a fairy tale for example um you should hear their version of that story.
2: I often, I often have the need to hear the stories of some characters that are kind of not given a voice in books. Sometimes characters that I really, really like and feel like they are so great, why are they not... The main character. <laughs> yeah, or why, why are they not even given the opportunity to speak for themselves that's why I really like that um, there's a book where a woman wrote Pride and Prejudice from Mr. Darcy's point of view. And that was really fun to read because then it's like, okay, Elizabeth is so arrogant sometimes and she, and she doesn't even know it and she tells him that he's arrogant. It's it's hilarious. Th- that would be probably a fun
1: idea to read parallel. Yeah,
2: mm. I agree.
0: Yeah... Different characters often can, I mean, naturally they can offer very different perspectives, but some more than others. I do find myself sometimes curious about, you know, what could this person have told us about everything that, that went on? They might be better informed because mm-hmm. they're not, you know, they're maybe just on looking or not on the forefront. You're quite passionate about this. (laughs) So much is clear. Are you going to write more of these fairy tales?
1: Well, I'm trying. I'm planning on making a book, but... Plans are a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Usually when you make a plan, um, you end up at at least plan Z before anything starts working. So (laughs) I'm just writing as much as I as I manage and see where that leads me.
0: For our listeners, in case you want to read up on the stories that we present or bring weekly to the universe meetings, there's uh, Mm -hmm. old booklets in the English Mm -hmm. and American Studies Mm -hmm. library where you go in, on the right side, there's a small shelf in the student corner. And I think on the upper level, the right side of that shelf, there's a small binder it's labeled Universe, and there you'll find all the old booklets that you can read up on stories if you want to and if you have time.
2: Why did you choose this text to read on the podcast today? Well, it's. I, I was thinking, what would I like, um,
1: what would be an introduction to me? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, this text sums things up pretty well, <laughs>
2: I think. So okay, cool.
0: Do you think this? Well, you said would be would be an example that's good for you as a person. Would you say this is representative for who you are?
1: I mean, I wrote it. Everything I write is kind of representative of who I am. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Beaten at my own. Except game. for maybe <laughs>
1: university homework, because. I kind of have to write that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I really liked the style of language you used. It's reminiscent, certainly, of fairy tale language. More than reminiscent, even. It's very, you know, it's a very good version of fairy tale language. But it's also then um, it's a nice uh, dichotomy to see that language used to. Describe something else than, not to talk about a story, but talk about ideas and a philosophical approach. I yeah. found that was really cool. Did you practice uh, this style of writing?
1: No, <laughs> but um, I've always liked sort of writing this sort of. I- I'm not sure if I call it direct, but because. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, most of my shorter things that I write that are sort of a bit philosophical uh, tend to turn out something like this, a bit accusatory.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, jacuzze.
2: Yeah, Jacuzze. Uh,
0: my terrible French pronunciation. <laughs> I <at> it again.
2: <laughs> But I think it says a lot about the character this is written from you know what I mean? Like the evil queen well, probably expresses herself differently than some This is actually uh, not her talking. To. It's I see. um it's a there's a, there. a
1: narrator who has been told this story. I'm not telling you by whom because mm-hmm. that is a spoiler. <laughs> but um there is a narrator who has been told all these fairy tales from different perspectives mm-hmm. and who's writing them all down.
2: And will you um, put all of them in the same book, or are they all separate books? Um, I'm planning
1: on sort of making a fairy tale book for Grimm's fairy tales at the moment. <laughs> I'm working on that. Okay, so there's this
2: is one so, person, the narrator, who yes. meets up with different people and they tell this person... Stories from different points of view.
1: I don't recall having said people.
2: Okay, well, beings. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. It's a fairy tale. You can get creative. True, very true. I like that idea that there's always one person, kind of one... Person going through different stories by being yeah, told them. I right. mean,
1: it's what, it's what the Grimm brothers did. They mm-hmm. went from um, place to place collecting fairy tales exactly. and collecting stories. They just weren't that thorough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> There's a character like this. I don't know, have you read Patrick Rothfuss's uh, King Killer Chronicles?
1: It's on my list. It's, and I feel bad admitting it that I haven't read it yet. Very
0: so good. If you don't have the books, I can borrow them to you. They they are amazing. And there's a character like this uh, in the chronicler.
1: That is usually a very safe thing to get me to read things to lend me a book, because then I have the pressure of sort of I have to give this back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you said that you were read fairy tales when you were a child. Now, I'm wondering, did you read them later on when you were older, only in German or in English as well? How did that happen? Um, Well,
1: whenever I read fairy tales, I usually do it in German, because I have one really beautiful fairy tale book that has the exact same drawings. Of course, Uh, it makes
2: sense. The the Grimm fairy tales were originally written in German, so it makes sense to read them in Hmm. German.
1: That too. Um, And... I mean I have this like re- really beautiful fairy tale book with v- the most beautiful drawings for fairy tales that I have ever seen. I mean I might have been I might be kind of biased because I grew up with them. <laughs> so they are they represent everything m- in my childhood is represented in those drawings. It's my grandfather sitting in his armchair with four grandchildren piled <laughs> up on him. Um <laughs> I have, I also have a really beautifully fake leather bound Grimm's fairy tale tome with gold lettering on it. So that's also in German. I
2: so see.
1: when you... I read them, I usually read them and in German. Have you
2: ever read a fairy tale in English?
1: Um, all of the ones that I've already written, I have read in, ger- uh, in English and in German. Okay. Because okay. I usually have both of the versions mm-hmm. next to, right next to me while I'm writing. Um, so that, so I'm working with the original source material using air quotes. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, as to make them sound more like the tales mm-hmm. we're used to, mm-hmm. so to Intertwine my story better, so I'm not conflicting anything mm-hmm. too
2: much. That I see. And have you noticed any major differences between the German and the English texts?
1: Well, mm, I mean, s- sometimes I sit there and go, like, I could have gone with a, I, I could have done a better translation of this, <laughs> um, but. Most of the times, it's really a faithful translation. And uh, I mean, it depends on what time you pick up the translation and what time Mm -hmm. your version of the fairy tale was picked up. Because as we've recently established in an experiment we did, (laughs) which you organised, every time you tell a story, it changes. Yes.
0: We've, as context for the listener, For the listeners, the universe organised an event at the English department where... where, So the premise was to see how stories change as they are retold. So we had stories to start out with, read those out loud to another person, and the other person then had to retell and rewrite... Well, rewrite and then retell them from memory. And, yeah, the changes were quite significant quite <laughs> yeah the changes were were pretty big
2: it was really fun yeah and you can read those texts on our website if you
1: yes I've also actually read fairy tales in French because I have a, I have two French fairy tale books from fairy tales
0: <laughs> do they have different fairy tales
1: about. um no, that all all four of my fairy tale books are Grimm's fairy tales. Okay.
0: okay.
1: I have one fairy tale book that is Half's fairy tales. Um I don't know if you've heard of William Half. Um. Nope. He's also a fairy tale writer and he writes um he writes darker fairy tales. Okay. Let's let's put it like this. Mm-hmm. So um they're also fairy tales that I grew up with. Which, I don't know, maybe now this explains a lot about me, or it doesn't explain anything about me. Who knows? (laughs) People will do with that information what they please anyway.
2: Did you know that Goethe even wrote a book called Das Märchen? I think I've heard about it. Um, I've always wanted to read it, but I never found it anywhere, strangely. I have to go to one of those great... Uh, bookshops in in Morava or something like that mm. in the first district. They probably know about it. But I know that Half
1: has a fairy tale character called the fairy tale because <laughs> um, his in his prologue um, for his entire fairy tale book uh, starts with um, the fairy tale being really really sad because people don't like her anymore, yeah. and um, they all think she's ridiculous and just boring and things mm. and they just w- don't want to talk to her and but they do want to talk to her brothers the dreams
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so now she's really heartbroken and her mother queen fantasy mm-hmm. uh <laughs> decides to um send her to earth one last time and uh, dressed as a um merchant of sorts and she she sneaks down there and then but the guards recognize her so they don't want to let her into the city and then she just paints them a story into the air with like images and pictures (laughs) until they fall asleep (laughs) and then an old man comes along um notices that she's totally lost in her pictures and telling of the story that she hasn't even seen that the guards are already asleep and she could just (laughs) sneak past them and goes you know what um i have a place for you and he just takes her with him to his to his place um where there's a bunch of little children and she tells the children the fairy tales and of course, children love the fairy tales. So now mm-hmm. our little fairy tale is happy again. Cool. Mm. That's a really this sweet nice. story. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sweetest part of this fairy tale book. <laughs> After that, um, there's like, the the first fairy tale is a think about um a gu- a doctor who gets his hand chopped off because he ac- accidentally um kills a girl who he thought was dead. Um, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> okay. Fun. Uh, a little bit darker. I yep. understand.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tiny bit darker. Okay. Then there's a ghost ship um like a bit like the Flying Dutchman mm-hmm. but
2: Sort of who, who do
0: you ha- who do you have in mind then when you write your fairy tales those kids like in this fairy tale story or the adults who grew up with these fairy tales
1: I mean most of the time I just write for myself <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> and I think what would
1: because uh, I I just think what story would you like to have told um, because That's sort of the chance you have as a writer. You can tell the story you want to tell or you want told to you. Mm. But it's also with a focus on children and morality issues. Because, of course, as I've mentioned before, I am
2: not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this makes me think... It would be lovely to use a text like, like this one in in a class, like in an English classroom at a school. So it would be a really, really nice idea to have a text like that and give it to discussion for people, like, um, what do you think about this? Is this a fairy tale? Is it a modern fairy tale? You know what I mean? Like Have, have them discuss about it and think about it and think about it that there are so many more ways of telling one story.
1: And it could also start sort of a creative writing assignment. Like give them the prologue and say How does the story continue? You've now heard the prompt. (laughs) Evil Snow White. Do with that what you will. (laughs) Exactly. Let's compare next class. Which one is better? Yours or mine? (laughs) Spoiler (laughs) alert. Mine.
0: You'd be a great teacher.
1: (laughs) This is why I'm in the BA, not the BED.
0: (laughs)
2: Do you remember the first creative text you ever wrote, and do you remember what inspired you to write it?
1: That would be a long time ago, um, (laughs) and my memory of the time is good, but not where writing is concerned. (laughs) The first text I actually remember writing was the first draft of the novel I'm
2: working on at the moment. So you started to write in English?
1: No, I started to write in German, but, um, I'm now, I now transferred the first draft into English. I see. Okay. Um, and reworked it a bit Mm -hmm. to not sound like a 13 year old anymore. I see. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. Probably Um, a good idea. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But that I wrote, um, after, Taking cliff walk at, in Little Brittany, and <laughs> for some reason, thinking to probably because my parents told me stay away from the cliff in case you fall off. <laughs> um, for some reason, my mind went. What would happen if I fell off that cliff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the old call of the void again.
1: Um. Basically, I stood on that. It it wasn't a big cliff. It was it, it just had it was just a couple of meters above the sea and there were a couple of rocks in it. Um But anyway, so I was standing there and was thinking, what would happen if somebody pushed me off that cliff now? And then I started imagining who pushed me off that cliff and why,
2: And That's how your first story came about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> why not? I sometimes have the feeling that women who appear in fairy tales are either depicted as very sweet, beautiful and innocent, or as evil and mad. So I was wondering if it was one of your goals with your fairy tales to change this portrayal of women.
1: I mean, I'm certainly trying to do a more realistic representation of the world. I'm not sure if I arrive at this realistic representation of the world because my worldview is a bit cynical, I think. (laughs) Um, Occasionally. (laughs) But um, so I definitely try and make them more human, not as one dimensional, sort of have them have actual emotions (laughs) and reason to do things. And sometimes the Prettier person in the room is the most horrible person yes. the universe has ever
2: created. Exactly,
1: Cough Snow White, Cough.
2: I don't like this. God. Our universe, because we have no horrible people in our universe group, of course.
1: Yes, I mean our universe <laughs> is our universe is absolutely different.
0: You should come sometime, dear <laughs> listeners. <laughs>
1: I mean, our di- our universe also works on the different rules, so... It's,
0: it is, after all, ruled by a woman. Yes. With an iron fist. Very true.
1: <laughs> Well, but as long as we bow to her, we don't have a problem. <laughs> She's our Khaleesi.
0: <laughs> so, as a next step, after you've finished uh, writing all of these new fairy tales... What do you want to do with them? Do you want to release them in any way, shape or form?
2: Well, I
1: mean, provided I've got enough fairy tales, um, I would really like it if my grandfather illustrated them. Because I love his style of drawing. Um, He's made a lot of beautiful drawings for me.
0: (laughs) Is your grandfather an artist?
1: I say he is. <laughs> I mean, he's not officially recognised as such, but he definitely should be.
0: I don't think um, there's a body officially recognising artists.
2: <laughs> I mean, n- none of us are officially, officially like recognised as writers, but it still doesn't mean that we aren't writers.
0: Yeah, if you do art, you're an artist.
2: Exactly.
1: He is the most accomplished painter I've. Ha- I have ever had the fortune to meet um which is probably um because he grew up around a lot of artists so he has a really close relationship to that um but yeah I just I just really want him to illustrate them
2: And, and then, then when they're illustrated will you publish them
1: I would I would certainly like that <laughs> but um once they illustrated, it, it's sort of a thing that's not not in my hands anymore. Mm. Yeah, I
2: know.
0: Before you publish your work, is there any place on the internet where people can find it or other things that you've written?
1: Well, not my fairy tales, but I do have a couple of poems, rantings, and both my songs on a an internet forum called Exilian.
0: I will put that in the show notes, as usual. How about you, Charlotte?
2: I have a blog. Tell Um, us about your blog. It's called... Charlotte's Web. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. No, um, it has a German name. It's called Die Tintenfisch. uh, And it's a WordPress blog, so you can find it under Mm dietintenfisch.wordpress.com. And there you will find a mix between my German and my English writings. Um, And you can leave comments, (laughs) which I'm always kind of happy about. Um, Yeah, that's my book. Check it out.
0: Check it out, yo. (laughs) Yeah, as I always say, you can find me on Twitter if you want to. Tweet at me, scream at me. Please don't scream at me, just tweet. Uh, I'm at Leo Engelmeyer. This was episode nine of the Universe podcast. If you enjoyed it and would like to hear more of us, make sure to subscribe to the Universe Podcast wherever you're listening to it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and tell us what you think, which would help other people find our podcast. It would really be greatly appreciated. And tell all your friends about it. Comments? Questions? You can reach us on Twitter. We're at PodUniverse. On Facebook or via our email address podcast at universe.univ.org. This podcast was hosted and edited by Leonhard Engelmeyer. The co-host was Charlotte Tertz. Our guest today was Carrie Whitman. I hope you visit this planet in the universe again. In the meantime, stay safe in space. Thanks for
2: listening.